So hello beautiful people, welcome back to another episode of Imole. Today we have a very interesting show. We are going to talk about something that is hard to explain. I couldn't think of anyone else for today's topic other than Tay. So Tay is a versatile professional with a remarkable talent for communication and a deep desire to inspire others. With years of experience in radio, television, marketing and strategy, Tay has mastered the art of connecting with people and delivering messages with impact. Tay's current focus is on mental wellness, where he leverages his knowledge of mental health to empower men and alleviate the stress of life through clear communication. He's also chronicling his journey in a forthcoming book called Chaplin Fundamentals that promises to be a beacon of hope and inspiration for many. With his natural charisma, combined with a compassionate heart, Tay is a powerful advocate for change and a catalyst for positive transformation. So guys, welcome to the show, Tay. His nickname is Tay Chaplin. Welcome, Tay. Hey. Thank you, man. That that, that makes me sound so, like, rich. And, like, you, you do sound rich. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like a rich uncle right now. Like a very accomplished uncle. And I think... I think you shouldn't look down on yourself. I actually feel like this is not even, it's not even good enough for you. You know, we should get a Thank better you. introduction. Because I noticed uh, like most times when we are humble, we try to be like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes me sound so big. You are big. Own it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you. Um, Thank you for having me, man. I'm really happy to be here. And I'm happy to have you on the show. Because today we want to talk about self-awareness, right? And before we dive in, I want you to tell us about your background, where you grew up, and how you were raised. I'm a potakot boy, Kilile. And that's the honest truth, though. Like, I I was born in London, but I was raised in Potakot, and I'm very grateful for it. I was raised in a town where, you know, literally, uh, growing up, people used to leave their doors open, their gates open. We used to, all the kids used to play on the streets. When my parents would come home, they wouldn't know which neighbor's house we were in because that's how safe Potakot was. Um, I grew up in a place where we used to eat bole and fish, the original bole and fish with overripe plantain and palm, palm oil, um, fish sauce. And, you know, honestly, my childhood was, was an interesting one because I grew up a child with... Um, a heavy amount of empathy in a very unempathetic world. Uh, and I had to adjust. And I thank God that I did that adjustment in Port Harcourt. Um, apart from that, uh, I went to school in Benin. And honestly, uh, one of my coping mechanisms was to create. So I started creating poems. I started creating plays with my sister's dolls. Eventually that turned into, you know, me making music and, you know, writing with my friends. I was in a couple of boy bands. Don't ask me about it, please. And, um, you know, I think that's that was my my journey to understanding and, and, and falling in love with communication. Hmm, that's interesting. I like, I like that. That's a very... You had a very safe childhood compared to people like me who grew up in Lagos. I was definitely... I might have been in the army. He was in the army at that time, so we're definitely sheltered because Lagos wasn't that safe, if you get what I mean. But like, mm-hmm. since you said, I should not ask you about your boy band. And I also know that if you ask me about my former stage names and girl band days, I won't answer you. So let's just proceed. You know, let's respect ourselves and proceed. So how will you define self-awareness? Because this is quite hard to define. It changes. The definition changes depending on who you're speaking to and what you're talking about, basically. So how will you say, OK, I think I'm self-aware because of this? or because I do this? I would define self-awareness as understanding that you are part of something bigger than you, but all you have are your decisions, right? That is the way I define self-awareness. So um, to give an example, I would say the first time I realized that I was self-aware was when I saw somebody cry, you know, and I realized that the reason why they were crying wasn't because of me, but I I needed to consult them because that was who I was in the core of my being. 
right? So seeing somebody go through something traumatic, it affected me. And to, I could easily say, ah, I'm a Nigerian, right? And I mean, I'm a man. I shouldn't engage these emotions, but being self-aware is understanding who you are and understanding that, you know, these gifts were given to you for a reason and you should use them. Like, you know, if you're a Christian, you know, you can scroll to the, you know, the, the part of the Bible that talks about, you know, the, you know, the story of the gifts, you know, and how God gives of God gives us th- these gifts so we can use them. So I think I would describe self-awareness as knowing who you are and leading 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 in that faith by your actions mm, i like that you said knowing who you are and leading in that faith by your actions so mm-hmm. um how did you become so introspective and in touch with your inner world pain trauma heartbreak bad girlfriends <laughs> Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm halfway joking. But the truth about it is that I learned about all of this. I learned about myself by experiencing myself in pain and questioning that. And I looked around my environment and I was like, okay, like, why is it that like when something would happen to somebody who I barely knew, it would affect me sometimes even more than, you know, um, when something happened to someone that was really close to the family. You know, and I realized that, oh, this thing that you have allows you to connect to people in in a weird type of way. I didn't necessarily know the word empathy um, as of then, but I knew that, okay, I just thought it was a superpower. Actually, I thought it was more of a curse because sometimes I just don't want to feel of the, like all those feelings, you know. So eventually, like going through that, I... I realized that, okay, if I want to survive in this world, I need to do something about it. And that honestly was the beginning of my journey to self-awareness. Hmm. So uh, from what I'm getting, from what you said, besides the bad girlfriends, I feel like you're just naturally more sensitive. And the thing about sensitive people like us is we did chop breakfast well. Like that is a standard because usually... After certain experience, and I'm not just talking about breakfast with like relationships. So people tend to underestimate friendship breakfast and uh, what it, worst. Yeah, that is the worst. Like friendship breakfast is different. Do you guess? Because that one is like you kind of expect relationships to turn out a certain way because in society now we have this very toxic men versus women. I know relationships yeah. and everybody go do this, everybody move on. But when a friend breaks your heart, like you usually think friendships are forever, you know, I'll be at your wedding, I'll be here when you have kids, I'll be here when you do this. And then you now realize that, listen, some people don't care about you as much as you think. Now it's different. So being a sensitive person is not easy, especially, I always shade Nigeria, but I love Nigeria. I won't say just Nigeria, in the world in general, being a sensitive mm-hmm. person is not easy, especially being a sensitive man, because you're expected to be older than we are. I think it's the world will expect me to cry as opposed to you. They'll expect you to firm it, you know? Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, like, honestly, yes, but listen, I've done the work and even before I, I finished doing the work, I'm very grateful for what God has given me. I think gratitude is is the biggest antidepressants that you can ever, like, take. Right? So, I'm grateful for the empathy because the empathy has allowed me to reach into the depths of me and the depths of others and be able to communicate what I see, right? And sometimes I'm speaking to people and they say, oh man, how are you able to figure out that that so quickly? Or like, I'm sitting down with someone and then I start saying things to them. It's almost like I'm speaking, it's like I'm, I'm speaking in tongues and God is talking to me and I'm just like, nah, I just get it, you know, I just get it. And I'm listening to you, you know, and I think, you know, going back to like the, the story of the parables from the Bible, sorry, the story of the, of the gifts from the Bible, it's like God has given me this gift. And I think it's only fair that I use it for good because God knows I can use it to ruin, 
you know, take revenge on those bad girlfriends that, that did strong things to me. I should really stop talking about these bad girlfriends because they, they, they weren't that much. But, um, you know, um, honestly, like, I, I think, you know, understanding that I have this gift, you know, understanding that you have a gift, you should use it to serve. Life is about service. That's true. Life is about service. And I love what you said about gratitude because I'm starting to realize gratitude is the biggest antidepressant. Sometimes we think we're not going far enough because we compare ourselves to other people. But if we truly sit down and we look back on where we are coming from and we are more grateful about the fact that we've made changes in our lives, we realize that life is a lot better for us than we think it is. You know, it's just because we are stuck in this is not happening, this is not happening that we forget to be grateful for what is actually happening. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, so how has this talent helped you? Because I think it's a gift, like you said, it's definitely a gift you were given. The very fact that naturally you were born with that antenna to be able to tune into people's feelings and people's emotions. So mm -hmm. how has this helped you to get through tough situations in life? Ah, well, get through tough situations, that's a bit of a, you know, that's a jump. I think like if there were three acts to understanding the gift that God has given me, which is empathy, um, the first act was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed a lot, you know, and um, it, it um, you know how like in movies, like, first of all, like even like, let's say like Spider-Man, like he was using it for fun and then Uncle Ben got killed and then he was just like, oh shit, I hate these powers. You know, that's pretty much what happened to me. Whereas like, I realized that, oh, okay, I can I can sense this and I can say this and I'll get this reaction, which is pretty cool. But then at the same time, I'm realizing that, oh, okay, I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm seeing this from this person, but this person can't see it. Let me tell them about this. I tell them, oh, why do you think you can tell me about myself, right? Or um, it's almost like somebody telling you something that like literally has no room in your mind. Like, in fact, it never even got into the house of your mind, right? So it's like you're almost you're you're almost cursing somebody when you say, "Hey, do you know what? I feel like you have issues with your father, and that's something you should explore." You know. But then I now understood that oh, you can't just go around telling people about themselves, right? That's number one. That's not your job, and number two, that's very very dangerous because what that does is that it gives the impression that you know more about yourself than you do, which I do not. And secondly, it gives the impression that you are just trying to fix people. So, you know, with the with the the curse slash blessing of empathy came, you know, the curse slash blessing of trying to help people. Um, but as you know, Pelumi, like most people do not want to be helped. So um, to answer Word. your question, you know, um, I, I don't necessarily know how and when but I've come to terms with the fact that, you know, it's it's about influencing my circle of influence, right? And then focusing um, on turning this 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 gift into a beacon, you know, that I can use to help com help people communicate with themselves and their loved ones what they really feel. Hmm. Like you said, people don't want to be told about themselves. That one is very very true very true and then also it's easier to pick up on what's wrong with others and what's wrong with us so like you said when you are so because i've also noticed it with me like doing what i do like tarot counseling people and all that i've often noticed that some people try to project this idea of like oh you must be so perfect and enlightened but they don't actually say perfect but it does seem like they never if they see me make a mistake they'll be like you i thought you were so this i thought you were so that mm -hmm. And it's very unfair mm -hmm. because someone has a gift doesn't mean that the person is perfect or the person can see everything or knows everything. Like I'm a human being as well. So it gives people this unrealistic idea of who you are and what it is that you can do. So I definitely agree with that. And I know you've talked about the tough girlfriends, I mean, the bad girlfriend, <laughs> terrible girlfriends, but how will you say, in what other ways has this so-called gift put you in trouble? you know, like trouble. And when I mean trouble, I mean like just tough times you've learned from and how you like to fix it. Um, I'll give you, I'll give you three scenarios. I'll just run through them, right? If that's okay. Sure. Yes. Okay. Cool. So 
um i think the first one is is what um in colloquial terms you know or in um you know african american uh, verbiage they call captain save hole you know i was almost addicted to saving people from themselves um and the truth about it is like you know at least we we know like in 2023 that like ho is a gender neutral term for men and women so Absolutely. Um, I, I literally <laughs> was trying to save every single person that I could, right? So, and I will never forget the day um, I was in the car, I was driving and I was, a friend was beside me and I was like, oh my God, I realized this person does this and this person does this. They, they don't want, they're not talking to me at the moment, but do you know what? I'm going to reach out and we need to like, and the person was just like, why do you like conflict? Why do you like pain? You know, and I was just like, wait, what do you mean? Like, this is like, it's, it's important that this person knows. And they were like, no, it's not, not to them anyway. And I was like, okay. So what I can be, what I am doing could possibly be seen as me crossing a boundary, right? A personal boundary, that's one. Um, and then another scenario is, you know, finally I, I was dating someone and when she would tell me stuff like she would she would she would say oh i'm not paying attention to her needs and then when i asked her what her needs were she wouldn't know what to say right i now realize that okay as much as i am empathetic it can also be manipulated because of my feelings so it, it, it's not a hundred percent correct I was like, oh, okay, okay, understood, understood, you know. And the third example I would give is actually like something that happened earlier today where um, I had a spat with a colleague of mine. It wasn't really a spat, it was like um, a disagreement with a colleague of mine at work. And um, it really, it really affected me, right? But it affected me, and but I was able to sit down, take a couple of deep breaths, I have like a 10 minute um, meditation, um, guided meditation um, link on my phone um, that I use whenever I get into those situations. And I went through that. The reason why I went through that is because I understood that I was going through rejection sensitive dysphoria. Hmm. Can you enlighten us? What does that mean? Rejection sensitive dysphoria, um, it affects people that are neurodivergent. So, um, Asperger's, ADHD, um, autism, you know, uh, to a certain degree, like, uh, the, the depressive, you know, anxiety, like the idea, like, so what happens is that like you, you get rejected, but it, it literally feels like the end of the world because the way your brain is set up, right? You are so, your, your brain is created to focus on the present. So you don't necessarily know how to think too far. So people that have this also tend to have impulse issues where they're like quick, you know, to like do something, buy things. They're always like spending money or just like kind of like it seems it seems like they're just kind of like moving mad. But really, they're living in the moment because they're very present in the moment. Now, that is a different gift on its own, you know, because what that allows you to do is that it allows you to hyper-focus. To a certain degree, it allows, it allows you to slow down time and enjoy the moment. But the problem with that is that the opposite side of it, the negative side, is that when you're now in that moment and it sucks, it feels like hell. You know, so I learned that, you know, being very empathetic, I am very prone to RSD. So whenever I get into a situation and I see myself getting overwhelmed, I learned to pull myself away and understand what are the real emotions, you know, compared to the ones that are now being flared up by RSD. Hmm. I've never heard of that, but that, that actually sounds pretty accurate. I know that because especially like even with people, if you, ha if you are prone to AD, if you are kind of neurodivergent and then you grew up around a lot of rejection or people um, treating you a certain way because you are clearly different, if you get what I mean, like maybe more empathetic, mm -hmm and everything yeah because i'm quite sensitive to rejection too and i didn't know about rsd per se but i could also tell that sometimes every single time i felt not every single time but many times when i felt really rejected or i felt like someone was not validating me or putting me down it's often because of certain wounds 
from my childhood and like that person is now i'm probably substituting that person or putting that person in the role of my parent for example um like i noticed this with my female friendships right i tended mm-hmm. to be more attracted to certain types of friends like or drawn to friends and they will te- i mean people don't really talk about this toxic feminine energy but let's just say it they tended to have this toxic feminine trait of necessarily wanting things to revolve around them or being dramatic or lashing out that was something that i i picked up on and then when i sat down to think why do i tend to deal with these type of women that usually they i see them fight with a lot of people in their lives and then for some reason it's like my brain doesn't necessarily think that i will be one of those people one day and obviously i'm often disappointed because i you end up being that person if someone is a certain way you're not special they're going to treat you that way too it's just that the the circumstances have not permitted it and then when i get in those situations i'll feel some type of way but then i realize oh my god dealing with this wound or even tolerating this type of behavior from people comes from the kind of behavior that i tolerated from not i won't say tolerated cuz i was a child but i received from my mom and a lot of like older feminine figures it was always this thing of being the first girl being chastised being this so that being lashed out on being like it triggers me but at the same time i'm like why am i putting myself in this situation because as an adult i have the freedom i did not have as a kid i don't need to stay and take a friend's bullshit you know what i'm saying so yeah, yeah. i i'll definitely say that and then that rejection of like you know even when someone would do something wrong but being able to pull away from the person and create that boundary it's like i feared rejection once i asserted my boundaries you know and with age i think you just learn to be okay with that <laughs> so yeah i know you're writing chaplin's um chaplin fundamentals right so first of all what inspired this book hmm. uh, it's hard to put my finger on it when it started but i was having a conversation with a friend of mine and um i i was coming i was i was i was having a lot of breakthroughs okay i'm understanding who i am you know to a certain degree where i don't want to be which is you know it's progress in a way so i'm like okay I, okay i'm learning all these things i need to i need to make a list you know and back you know my 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 monica my nickname is tay chaplin so they were like oh you know you should definitely do it you know like you know chaplin's fundamentals like chaplin fundamentals and i was like okay that first of all that sounds sick as hell that sounds really dope that sounds like a really good book that sounds it is like a really book. good name <laughs> it's a you very I mean? good name yeah <laughs> yeah so I'm like okay not only does that sound I'm like okay how can I write this that will mean something um i think the smartest thing that i did was accept the fact that oh you can't finish writing this book because you're still in the journey of understanding the fundamentals of yourself. So, it's something that I've decided to write until I feel um I'm going to be comfortable enough to share. Um and honestly, that's how it's come about. Like and literally right now it's obviously when a digital world, so it's literally like um a compilation of of notes and and manuscripts and it's like it's like a bomb site, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful in its chaos. Hmm. Okay, so what would you say are the fundamentals that you live by? If you can give me five, or let me call them principles that you live by that you love so much and you think about often. So if you can give me five. Okay. Um you are nothing. You belong to everything though, right? Understanding that you like as a human being really what we do in the grand scheme of things scientists have just decided like they just found out that the universe is alive so basically we're literally like atoms or like protons on the back of the universe which means <laughs> like we're so irrelevant on the on the greater scheme of things so some to some people that means doom to me that it, it alleviates the stress of trying to be something more than I am, right? Um so you are nothing but you belong to everything, right? Number 2, um I would say, you know, you you can never be more than you are. 
right? And that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't grow, but whoever you are in this very moment, you can never be more than that. So you should enjoy that process and understand why you are in that position, right? Um, I would also say don't take anything personal because most of the time it has nothing to do with you. Um, understanding that people will choose what is comfortable over what is right. Um, never choose sex over a good conversation because it always comes back to bite you in the butt. Um, if you have um, to do work the next day and you're going to drink, um, you best drink tequila and drink a lot of water afterwards. Tequila is, is, is the best alcohol if you really don't want to be dealing with hangovers and stuff like that. Um, understanding that your choices are everything, right? So one of my favorite stories is, uh, is from the bell jar and it talks about a boy who um, just before summer, he goes to this fig tree and it's bearing fruit. And he's like, oh man, so many figs. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to come pluck one. So he, throughout summer, he would come and he would look, and then he would say, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that one." Oh, do you know what? No, I'm gonna get this one. I'm gonna get, and then you know, at the end of summer, he literally came, and all the figs were either plucked, eaten by other people, or they were rotten and they were on the ground. And he he never ate one fig, you know. So understanding that like our decisions are really what make us who we are is the first step. To, you know, to actually understanding self-awareness and understanding that we make we make our presence, you know, that will make our future. Is that enough? <laughs> That's good. You said we make a present and we'll make our future. That's very good. <laughs> I like the one about tequila, because bruh, listen, I don't even mess with tequila. <laughs> I'm such a lightweight. But then I would say the one that stood out to me the most is you are nothing but you are everything to everyone. I think that's what you said. And I yeah, agree. You want- I- but you belong to everything. Yeah. So I, I agree with that principle. Like people think you're nothing as if it's something bad. No, we overinflate or we overestimate our importance. At the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are not important. I really think of all of us as um, very vital parts of a body. So if you're looking at your body, right, you think that certain cells are more important than others. And in some, in the grand scheme of things, maybe. But most importantly, every organ or cell so is needed for the body to function mm-hmm. at an optimal rate. So you are nothing, but you belong to everything. So if you think of ourselves as cells of earth, I think of us as human beings as cells of earth and the different cells that specialize in different things, you know. But at the same time, that, that's how I feel like we all have our purpose. So you never think of yourself as greater than the collective you know that you are a part of the collective. At the same time, you have to see yourself as a very useful and integral part of the collective. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. 100%, yeah. 100%. Duty. So like, um, I think it was like a YouTube video and um, this uh, there was this Asian woman and she described marriage. She was like, marriage is, is, is duty-based. And that's how I see life. Life is duty-based. It's not about... You know, I understand like we're in this um, individual, individualistic era and everybody wants to be more of what they feel, you know, but I I personally believe in duty, you know, and knowing what you're supposed to do, right? And then doing that regardless, like, you know, uh, to hell the consequences. Because honestly, when, when, when it comes to it, it's like doing what you feel, is never as good as what you f- like doing what you feel is right. You know, does that make sense? It does. Um, if whatever you feel is right, like following that, cause I think we all have that internal compass. So, you know, when something is clearly wrong and also as a socialized being, according to the grand scheme of things, you know, when something is hurting somebody else and putting them in trouble or it's going to affect someone else's life. So you definitely doing what you feel is right. I think it helps me sleep better at night even though that may not be my first choice in that situation, so long as I can mm-hmm. be okay with myself and clear my conscience. Because I think a lot of people think, I mean, we always think that, oh, these people will judge us or God will judge us or this will judge us. I think you are your own judge, you're your own biggest judge. And if what you're doing sits right with you and you know 100% it sits right with you, then go ahead. 
But if there is some kind of internal conflict, that is, I will say, hell in its own way. Like that mental conflict is a version of hell. If you get what I'm trying to say. So I'm trying to maybe <laughs> take like the fire and brimstone version of hell out of your minds and think of it like you are your own biggest judge. You're the one who's going to judge yourself in the end based on what you set out to accomplish and what you actually were able to accomplish and how you were able to impact people's lives. And if you can live with that, I think they call it cognitive dissonance or something. If you can live with it, then that's on you. But like I said, I think a lot of people are living in hell and walking on earth. They are very troubled. I would like to think some of our Nigerian politicians are experiencing that mental hell fire right now. But a lot of them don't, I don't know if they actually have a conscience. So that's a different topic for another day. I mean, if we if we do Nigeria, we can do Nigeria forever. But the truth about that place is that, you know, Nigeria is a country of broken souls. You know, um, I wrote poetry one time and I was like, you know, uh, pain lives in the womb of a black woman. And it wrote me, it, it broke me to write that. And so I never actually put it out. But the truth of, of the matter is Nigerians have, we have adjusted and adjusted and adjusted to heartbreak, to um, to to being cheated out of our, our, our birthrights, to like being shysted in front of our face. And now what we're left with is, you know, I, I always, it sounds such like, it sounds like such a terrible analogy, but I'm like, if you ever try to feed a hungry dog, it might bite you because it doesn't understand that you're trying to feed it, you know? And that's where, I feel like Nigeria is as a country, but like, ironically, I feel like Nigeria is actually a microcosm of what's happening in the world. You know, when you look at like, what's happening with the, you know, the tech giants, the big five, you know, um, what's happening with generally like um, entertainment and everything where people are just going for, do you know what, if it makes money, it makes sense, you know, but clearly we're seeing that if it makes money, if it makes money, it doesn't necessarily always make sense because now, everything has lost its value. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I was literally, um, I was listening to um, uh, Donny Hathaway this this morning. I was listening to um, Elder Barge. Do you know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, have, I have like frequent dance breaks, like, you know, um, in the morning or in the evening, whenever I feel like it, you know, to be honest. So <laughs> when I'm hearing those things, um, there was like a skit on... Um, Saturday Night Live is like a skit show on NBC. And um, they asked, like, tell me five memorable movies you watched in the past five years. And it's hard to say because nothing means anything. You know, we, we, we have dangled so close to the middle that our decisions and choices are not as memorable as they should be, you know? True. Everything is like a watered-down version of what it's meant to be. I remember, I can't remember what um, the name of this film that won. Oh, this is black movie that talks about, it's new in America, that talks about um, the daughter, the black daughter bringing a white guy home, right? And oh, then, pardon? You people. Yeah, you people, right? And then, you know who's coming to dinner is also, is the same film. And then it goes back, yeah. like people went out, I saw this thread online, it was this African-American page. And people went back as this movie with Sidney Poitier, like that came out in like 1967. That was literally the same thing. And like, we live in a recycled world. I know I sound like a, a conspiracy theorist right now, but I remember when we were crossing over to 2023, I was with my friend and also a neighbor and we're just talking and I was like, we think it's 2023. What if we are in some kind of simulation? And we just went off and we're joking about it. And I just thought everything feels repeated. It's like the same, the same, the same. Even right now, going on social media is so hard for me because it's almost like everything is recycled. So-called thoughts and inspirational whatever is recycled. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And it's to the point now, because it's about money, it's not really, it's not like human beings have lost our authenticity, but it's about like trending, clicks, money, what will get attention, that everything has just become so watered down. It's very hard for us to sit through like a long, even though I'm thinking about this podcast, it must not get too long because it's hard for people to sit through very long um, things. Like whether it's a podcast or a long movie or something, I, there are times I'm watching a film and I'll be on my phone just scrolling. And I thought to myself, do I have like a scrolling addiction? 
because I'm not looking for anything, but because I'm restless, like I'm just scrolling, I'm looking for some kind of dopamine fix that I think is outside me. You get what I mean? And this may seem a little off topic, but I think everything has just been watered down. And that whole instant gratification of social media or like instant life, you want this, you get it quickly, quickly. That's really, really affected our senses. I really think it has. And I don't, I would like to think that that's one of the main causes of depression because when we mostly externalize things and we are taught to look for these little hits of dopamine outside, we really don't cultivate the inner man and inner woman. And a lot of people right now, we are seeing a very high level of depression and suicide, even in like very accomplished, beautiful, intelligent people, famous people. And I really think it's that most people in the world right now are going through some form of a conscious or spiritual awakening and what, or, or an ego death, you know, and then they are possibly mistakenly for like a death of self because when you go through that process, it's like who you were is dying, you know, and we don't really understand it. So a lot of people are just trying to exit and take their own lives. And I wish we actually had more substance in the world. We, we stopped and actually meant, how are you doing? How are you really doing? Like we talk about it. Do you really care about it? It's true. We don't care because everything is so quick. And, I don't blame people. Sometimes when I ask, how are you? I don't want to hear about your problems. I just want to tell you about what I want to tell you about. Nah. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, and I know we all sound like hypocrites. Like, oh, when when you say, how are you doing? Do you really care? And we all say these things. But the truth is, you don't really care if you are being very honest. And that's because yeah. the nature of the world you live in, everything is quick, 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 quick. Do this, do this, do that. Like, we don't really stop to connect. There's no substance, you know? Should I tell you something very interesting? Um, yes. And this is, you know, FYI, this is probably a conspiracy theory, but I believe that... It's welcome here. It's my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm in the right place. Yeah. Um, I believe we are in the stone age right now. We're in the stone age of technology, right? It's because, you know, remember when you had dial-up internet, right? So we're like, brruh, 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 you know, like... Um, when you had that, did you ever have that? Yes, every nineties kid definitely had that. Yeah, no, oh yeah, no. What was the first thing you looked up? What do you mean, like when you're connected? Yeah. I don't understand. Okay, I'll tell you. Me, most of me and my friends is porn. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like once you. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, this is fun. This is what, I, like, when, like, whenever a new technology comes that gives us access, like, unlimited access, quote unquote, the first thing we go towards is the basest, like, the, the, the you know, is the basest instinct of just like, okay, do you know what? It's sex, and then it's low hanging fruits, right? So it's it's going to be like about like, okay, conflicts, man versus woman, this and that. So you know, I feel like that's actually where we are at right now. Because um, with technology that we've, like with AI, um, with like Spotify at our fingers, we have every single, it doesn't mean anything to us, right? In fact, you know what? It used to mean something to us. So it means even less to us. So I think what's going to happen is that our grandchildren, maybe our great grandchildren are going to now be like, oh, there's this tool where you can actually search songs from, you know, eons ago and then they're going to be listening to soldier boy and they're going to be like oh my god what's poetry what's great you know what i mean and unfortunately <laughs> we're just in this era right now where like things are coming out and it is it is um it is creating you know the word you use cognitive dissonance in our lives and it's also making a lot of things meaningless which is why you know i particularly I'm holding on to my beliefs, my faith, and my decisions. You know, those are the things that are going to make sense of my life and give my life meaning. You know, meaning is important. True. Meaning is important. And we can find that meaning within ourselves. I think one of the biggest things I learned in 2022 was I had this way that I thought my life was going to go and was supposed to go. And it almost felt like I was trying to live within that you know idea and then i thought to myself wait a minute it's like i'm trying to model my life according to somebody else's story 
And the beauty of mm. being an individual is that I'm here to create my own story. Do you understand? So it's like, what am I doing for me? Am I really following my instincts or am I doing what I'm supposed to do as a 29 year old woman? I'm supposed to be married. I'm supposed to be this. I'm supposed to be that. Like, F all these supposed to be is because they really don't make you happy. And that's not saying I have anything against the traditional way things go. But yeah, like, <laughs> you're definitely right. And um, being a sensitive person, right? I know sometimes I struggle to stay grounded. How do you stay grounded? How do you stay present? Thank you for asking me that question because honestly, I've been searching. I w- like the 25 year old me is, is searching for that answer right now. And I hope, you know, um, my one of my mottos actually is like, I wish to help one person. You know, it can be more, but really, my goal is one. You know, so how do I still stay grounded? Number one, I learn to trust my guts and trust myself. So if I enter a space and I feel the need to act a way, say a way, become a way, I trust that what I am doing is for my own survival, is for the benefit of me. And I understand that me, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a excuse my French, I'm not a shit person. So I'm not going to now come and do something that's going to be, you know, you know, ultra selfish. So it's it's not necessarily going to be for the, you know, the, you know, the bad of other people. So I trust my gut and I try I try to be myself to to a T. That's one. Number two, I stay in the moment and try to enjoy the moment, whether good or bad. Oh, you're breaking up with me. Oh, cool. Let me see how you're going to do how you're going to do that. Like what words you're going to use, you know? These I'm bad girlfriends, understand. eh? <laughs> we are so seriously experiencing that. Never in mind, I've actually never been broken up with. Funny enough, but um, you know, I, th- I think like under like stay like okay, I'll I'll break it down one by one. So, um, trusting your guts, allowing yourself to live in the moment, understanding that. It's really not about you. Don't take it personal, right? And don't be scared to do a reset. And that's actually, for me, the most important part. So it's very important to, you're feeling overwhelmed, you step outside, you take a deep breath, right? You count, you know, um, like one, two, three, four, five. Then you push out. The different techniques of breathing. So another one, you know, that I'll share here is one that I use for dopamine. Like if I'm feeling anxious, but I still need to be part of that um, experience, I go. And what that does is that it's, it actually simulates running. It simulates like high um, intensity activity. So your brain is like, ah, okay, okay, okay. He's doing exercise. Let's give him endorphins. Let's give him um, dopamine. And it will help as well. So I feel like understanding the tricks to kind of like get yourself out of those negative loops or like, you know, bad vibes. I call it the saddies, you know, um, is very, very key. That's how I stay grounded. And honestly speaking, I still am not grounded most of the time, but I try. And that's, I, I think that's what's important. Mm, yeah, that's good. And you talked like your breathing exercises, I know are very important. Meditation, like you said, guided meditation, what you did at work today. And, you know, those things help. I don't think anyone is ever 100% grounded. And I really like the fact that you're not pretending to be, because I think those people are the worst. They are like always in the clouds and they swear they're grounded. I don't. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I say something else, actually? And I think sure. that's actually like something. Um, I know it might sound funny hearing me do all these breathing techniques and, and shit, but like the truth about it is like, breathing breathing right is is self-awareness right when you when you do when you do your um your meditation and you sit down um literally it's like meditation is not a deep just go google on youtube guided meditation 10 minutes five minutes download headspace the app 10 minutes five minutes and literally it's really it's about mindfulness and diving into yourself understanding where your breath is going where it's coming from right like feeling your blood course through your body, 
understanding what is your finger, what is your toe. And then when you open your eyes, you forget that thing that you were thinking about that somebody else said about you, like in the, in the, in the like, like two and a half weeks on the train. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Hmm. You know, so I think, I think for me, for me, those, those, that's how I stay. That's, that's my, that's my, my daily bread. That's my food, you know, that, and, you know, honestly, I feel like if you, if you have a large internal space, if you have a large mental scape, you should write journal, you know, even if you're not necessarily saying, oh, this is what I do. You don't have to do it like journal, you know, so you don't have to do it like, um, like a diary, you know, like when you're eight, sometimes you can just write about something that's at the top of mind, but writing is writing just, just like, you know, you, you were talking about a parent saying something to you um, or like being overly critical then your brain learns it and then now your brain is doing that to you when you write right it is the easiest and fastest way to train your brain to be good to you hmm that's very true it is the easiest well that that's actually quotable it's the easiest and fastest way to train your brain to be good to you because you can really put your thoughts on paper and one thing I've also found out is like with journaling, I use this app on my phone and the app reminds me of, because I started using it two years ago, right? So it, it reminds me of like stuff I, I uh, my journal entries a year ago or two years ago, they always do this anniversary thing. And when I look at it, it's like, oh God, I was so mean to myself or I was overthinking or I was worrying too much or I was just like lost in the sauce, which whatever situation or relationship I was going through. And it just helps me look back and be like, oh, wow, I'm glad I'm grounded. And it just helps to write, you know, because some things we are too afraid to tell people or to open up to people. We just are not wired that way to be very open. So when you have a journal and you write and you talk to yourself, it's like an intimate moment whereby you're speaking to yourself. So it's very easy for you to like recalibrate your thoughts. It's very easy for you to organize them and usually I, I always have these moments which I started recently of like self-soothing which is learning to sit with my very uncomfortable emotions and journal on my balcony so I'll just sit there when I'm going through it sometimes I just breathe and then when I feel like journaling I write down things and they help you know it just helps so much I could just write down a few lines and I feel better because I'm able to dissect things like usually what you think is the problem is not often the problem. There's usually some kind of root issue or root cause. Like you said, with um, being sensitive to re rejection. Usually when, when you are experiencing that moment, you are going back to dissect, you'll be thinking, oh, this person was rude to me and she's such a bitch and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, you, ha you are having such an adverse re reaction because you are extremely sensitive to rejection or extremely sensitive to how do I say being embarrassed? That's also my thing. Cause I sometimes would get beaten when I, as a kid, I would get like beaten in front of people. And it'd be so embarrassing. That thing of like people getting to know my faults, I like, get to know my weaknesses and just, and so now when I feel like someone is shouting at me, like you and I can have an argument in private and you can say some things to me that I can let slide. But once there are people there, it's like, hell no bitch. Like <laughs> you are not going to embarrass me. That's one thing you're not going to do. Like, and it's, it's a serious thing because I remember December 21, um, I said 21, 2021, I lost it with a client where I used to work. We cursed yeah. each other out in front of my boss, in front of everybody. Like we cursed each other. And the truth of the matter is, fair enough, my boss actually apologized to me because the guy was quite rude. He wasn't even trying to be rude to my boss. So it was like a thing whereby my boss tried to diffuse the whole situation. But... For me, it was like you are ranting at the wrong person and there were lots of people there and it was trying to, like, don't talk to me like the help. Don't talk to me like I'm beneath you. And something just sparked in my brain. I was like, fuck you too. Like, this is a client. Like, it was crazy. And when I went back, because it's so out of character for me, I think even my colleagues were so surprised, like, what? And I was just able to be like, now I know what that trigger is. Like, him feeling like he could speak to me like this in front of people was bad because when we were on the phone, it wasn't that serious. You get what I mean? But when there were other people involved and other people watching, then it got really bad. So yeah. that's what triggered. No, no, no. I, I, man, I know, 
exactly what you're talking about because you know and that's the thing about the different terms for it man people say empaths people say there was one time they were saying in the indigo children you know um i think like, rainbow like, children like, crystal children <laughs> do you understand like oh it's like okay ah, this person is not sensitive always in the feelings and whatever but the truth about it is like you know um when you know who you are you know who you are so in that situation now like you saw yourself you saw someone trying to thread over your boundaries and i'm sure when you gave them back they <laughs> they were shocked they didn't necessarily they were like oh wow very not, shocked you know what i mean this is not you you know but sometimes sometimes and this is this is what i believe right so when when you react like that it is not about now retreating like oh my god why did i do that or like i feel like you need to almost respect your your decision that you made whether you made it consciously or not you know to do that and you need to understand that like you know as as human beings we have thresholds right so what happens is that you know in in a place like nigeria a lot of people they they they've moved their thresholds so you can insult them you can do anything but they they are very very fine with you know doing whatever you want as far as they get what they want but now what happens is that if you now rather than saying oh mrs this person you now say oh uh, you just call them by their name or whatever then they flip off and be like why are you being so disrespectful you know that's why i feel like that's why like nigeria has this obsession with like um like religion and being like so like prude and being so like modest and stuff like that because i feel like that's that's a it's it's easier to to hold that accountable than to actually hold the things accountable in our lives that are actually giving us the real pain you know um this is something that we also do in our lives you know uh whereas like we we don't we we ignore the thing like and it's it's <laughs> it's so weird i one of my best friends um you know sonia i i called her yesterday and you know, I was like, man, I have the saddies. And she was like, ah, oh, man, shit, sorry. And I was like, oh, I think I realized that, like, I have, I, I get the saddies. And what I mean by saddies is, like, I have, like, low energy moods or, like, depressive cycles, right? And I was like, oh, I understand that comes around when I'm about to do something that is really out of the norm for myself. So my brain is literally trying to scare me into not doing something that is new, right? And the truth about it is like when you're young, um, we as as a young person, you live by you live by imagination because you don't know shit. Right? So you think Superman is real, you think um Santa Claus is real, you know, and you go by the morals and values that your parents instill in you. When you're old, you live by memory. I know all this. I've been through this before. I understand life. You can't tell me shit, right? Now we're in the space where we kind of have to like dabble between the two. And it's it's very important that we use both as much as we can while we can. Are you there? Yes, I'm listening. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's important to use both as much as we can while we can. Because what this is what it does. Memory will tell you, hey, look, Alumi, this thing that happened, right? It's happened before. And it seems like you are weirdly attracted to, you know, women or men that, you know, don't necessarily celebrate your your gifts, but they forgive your flaws. And because of that overcritical parent, you know, you are now more likely to go towards someone who, you know, is forgiving towards your flaws because it makes you enough, right? So when you're conscious of that, you know, but then at the same time, be, you're able to imagine like, oh, do you know what? I definitely know that there's more out there. Then that is, to be honest, that is that is what self-awareness is, is actually. I would define self-awareness as that. Hmm. Very true. And also with you, like what you said I like is you notice that you get the studies, like you put it, before you're about to do something out of the norm in your life. Usually, we don't understand that feeling sad or um, oscillations in our moods, like ups and downs in our moods, are really much, a, very much a part of life. 
Like for instance, mm. today I was just angry. And yesterday I woke up angry and today I was angry, which I had, I think I'd talked to you about before the show. Like I had a just reason to be. And I was looking at myself like, oh, no, nah, I'm not productive because everything is energy, right? So I had like pent up energy and pent up energy can be used in a different way. Some people can use it sexually, they can use it in different ways. So I, oh, for mm-hmm. creative reasons, I had pent up energy. And one thing that does help me was slowing down, doing yoga and also not judging myself for just wanting to slow down because I felt mm-hmm. this urge. I work from home and today was not really a busy day for my business or anything. It was just me being crazy. So I just was on the sofa and I remember thinking, why are you lazy? Why don't you want to do something? And I just thought, I'm not even in the mood to do anything. My brain is not even computing right now. Like, why am I trying to force myself based on my idea of productivity, which means being on the go 24-7? How about I just relax, recalibrate my thoughts and chill? And I was able to do that. I did some yoga. And after that yoga, I cooked and I was like, I feel much better. You know, just because I was able to channel that to do things that were productive for me. So, like you said, understanding that those moments will come and also understanding that, okay, it's coming before I'm about to do something or due to this reason and being able to balance it out. So, um, okay, what words of wisdom would you like to impact our guests with, or my guests with before? Okay, uh, my listeners with, rather, before you go. Mm. Do you know what? We've said so much awesome things on this podcast. So I will say don't deep it. Don't deep it. Like, understand that you are nothing, but you are part of everything. So don't feel left out, but also don't feel the pressure of having to perform. And performance anxiety is is real or is a thing, you know, and you don't need to take any performance enhancing drugs, you know. You don't need to take anything that will bring you out of reality so you can see reality better, you know? So I would say don't deep it actually. And always, always remember that as, as a human being, it is your, it is your God given right to dream. So don't stop dreaming and always, always know that, you know, that even if, you know, your girlfriend is wicked, you know, you'll find it better when I'm joking now. All right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was a good one. That was a good one. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this talk. This is actually very eye-opening and I hope the listeners will be able to pick out gems because there are lots of gems in this interview. You've dropped a lot for us. So please tell us where we can find you because I'm anticipating your new book and I'm sure a lot of people listening we want to know when Chaplin Fundamentals drops. So please tell us your social media and any other projects you're working on that you would like to share with us. Oh, beautiful. Thank you um, for giving me this platform. Um, it's Tay Chaplin. So at T-E-Y-C-H-A-P-L-I-N on everything. So um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm not necessarily there on Twitter per se. I think Instagram is, is, probably, is probably where you find me the most. Um, I have a lot of brilliant content coming out. Um, all the men um, looking for content on mental wellness and trying to understand how to regulate your emotions and be more of yourself. You can find more stuff on Instagram. Just check out for me. And um, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. Thank you for being here. This was this is a very loaded interview and I'm very happy you took the time out. So I'll say thank you for that as well. Love, love. <laughs>